UK Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Welcome to another show of Journeys into Consciousness, Gregory. It's good to have you back on. Thank you so very much, my dear friend, with love and light and blessings as ever. And to you. Um, before we get started, I um, just want to bring up an observation, really, that someone's um, sort of pointed out um, with your nice portraits of yourself. Um, yes. I don't know if you know, but quite a few people have sort of accused you of looking like Jesus, and it's, that is quite a, a delicate subject for some people. And um, I just thought it'd be nice if you could just sort of reassure them that you you don't actually try to portray yourself as Jesus anyway, and that you are actually part of a collective, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. My dear friends, I am merely simply a simple spokesperson, a being who uh, tries to bring about the communication of whatever and whoever wishes to use within the group the facility of communication to the physical side of life. I look absolutely nothing like that venerable master Jesus. I actually uh, am of white Caucasian. I was, in fact, because I was born uh, within the, uh, the place and time of where I existed in the physical side of life, my face and my skin was actually quite pasty. Uh, it is a great shame that many pictures and portraits of Jesus are portrayed as a white Caucasian of pasty skin. That is not my problem and merely is uh, really a matter of the artists in question using their own poetic license in order to create someone uh, who then, in, in a sense, uh, is a part of the species that they wish to portray Jesus as being. In actual fact, he was not white Northern European. He was, in fact, a person of Arabic stock, therefore had an olive to darker skin, and nothing like mine at all. The fact of my hair being that it was long, simply because we didn't cut our hair at that time, and that was uh, how I presented myself. I actually wore very poor clothes because I was a poor person. I had very little money. I earned just a few groats each day. And so my situation, my complexion was really a matter of the water that I drank and the food that I ate rather than anything to do with deep-seated spirituality within my physical life. I actually was nothing of uh, the person that you refer to as Jesus. Uh, in fact, I have met with the energy of Jesus uh, a few times in a few de different separate occasions. And not once did he uh, uh, say to me, oh, you look like me or anything like that. We are completely different. Okay. Well, thank you. I mean, obviously the picture you've got, you look quite um, sort of dark in that picture. Um, but you do look Caucasian. You don't look Arabic at all. Uh, well, yes, quite so. I actually had quite a large nose and quite large lips as well. 
Okay. Uh, as, yeah. the, as the portrait uh, uh, projects, the point is that the picture itself is an almost identical uh, likeness of my good self, which I did through uh, the um, the situation of the artist herself. Was you a good artist yourself when you was in the physical life? No, not at all, my dear friend. I couldn't draw anything, and and uh, I, I could write a little, and that is why I liked to write poetry. But that is really all that I did. I, I simply used to uh, uh, say my poetry to the various birds and animals, or just to myself, really, uh, and that's all that I did. All right, well, thank you very much. Anyway, on uh, on that, just clear that up. Um, something I just wanted to sort of get into tonight um, which I'll cover a bit later on and it's around sort of conspiracy theories really just yeah. about how healthy they are to get into them um, you know not sort of discounting any of them and I've certainly myself researched them as well but before we get into that I was just wanted to sort of get on something a bit more scientific um, and you know something around the mysteries of our universe really and about the big bang theory that um, you know, that our universe was brought into being roughly 14 billion years ago from a singularity. And I just wondered if if our kind of science or theories on that are accurate. Well, my dear friend, in a sense, in essence, you have to look at it this way. This large bang explosion uh, event actually is one of several thousand that have happened. So that means to say that in respect of how you deem your universe to be, in respect of the physical life and how it supports life, that is just one intermittent situation that is presently developing and that before this event actually happened to do with your current life experience upon the physical earth, before the earth became present, before the whole universe as you understand it, became present, there was a previous one, and then a previous one to that, for many thousands of those. So what you have to understand is that when you look within the dimension of how you exist in the three-dimensional world in which you are a part is just but a mere speck of the totality of how many dimensions there are, of how many different seeds of vibration that exist which enable different life forms to actually exist within different realities, not anything to do with your present uh, location in your present breathing space within the uh, understanding of where you exist at this present time. So, I mean, what caused the universe to explode? I mean, was it an intelligent being that thought we need to create another universe? Is it part of a cycle? It is part of a cycle, an ongoing cycle that happens uh, rapidly or very slowly. It's, it's a situation whereby uh, forms of gas and forms of uh, pressure build up to a certain extent in one particular place that then in a sense just lets go. And so that, for example, the universe in which you are a part of now actually existed as a, uh, a collection of atoms 
which were probably no more than around uh, the size of a football. Right. Are you still there? Yes. Okay. So, you know, is, is it true that, yeah, is, is the science kind of right though, that 14 billion years ago there was this explosion in, in like a matter of seconds, the universe blew outwards and then just continued to inflate? Yes, to a certain extent, yes. I say to a certain extent, uh, I'm hedging on my uh, uh, my understanding here purely and simply because there have been other factors which are involved and there are still other factors becoming involved to do with black hole uh, situations whereby there are joinings from one universe to another. Yeah. And this enables then, obviously, the passing of matter from one place to another, which is then, in fact, uh, diminished at the point at which it passes and then expands outward again once it comes through to the other side. So, so yes. Sorry. I mean, so is that kind of like a, port a portal or like a wormhole into another universe? Well, we wouldn't really say it was a portal because that would denote that the status of the, uh, the being or the status of the planet or the star system or even, in fact, galaxy as it passed through it was still integral and kept intact in its own uh, situation, in its own dominion, which actually blatantly is not the case. In actual fact, what happens to matter as it enters into a black hole is that it's squashed completely flat by the, uh, by the uh, whole pressure and situation of uh, the uh, latent energies present within it. So that means that no life actually survives past moving past that kind of situation. That's yeah. completely different to a wormhole or something like that, which is where life passes from one place to another. It's not the same thing. But yes, if something moves from one universe to another, um, and I said about being a wormhole or a portal, then that's kind of like a, a, the concept of something moving safely through it, isn't it? And you're saying it gets annihilated. Yes, exactly so, yes. Even, as I say, even planets get squashed flat. Yeah, sure. So is the universe still expanding and is it kind of like a sphere shape? It is uh, still expanding. To say that it has a shape, a definite shape, is very difficult to state because there are various parts of it which are moving at different rates. So if you look at this as being a multi-layered form of amoeba that's actually very large, and moving in every direction at the same time. It's, uh, however, not symmetrical. It's not a universal uh, situation that means that everything is moving at the same rate. Some things are moving apart and being deflected as well by different occurrences, different situations, which happen in their quadrant of sphere of life. So, for example, you may have situations where stars, because they become uh, 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 impellent within themselves and they have to explode simply because of the energy that is brought about, oftentimes will actually, through sheer forces they exert within the universe, send other stars or planets or both 
or even galaxies into a completely different state of uh, where they are moving to or where they are coming from. So uh, obviously this means that many different parts of the universe that you understand and even the parts that you don't uh, understand or foresee are actually moving at different rates at different places. This is part of the reason why we are in a sense a little uh, uh, cautious over the descriptive numbers of years in exact state as to when the uh, this universe in which you are currently uh, resident actually began purely and simply because there are parts of the situation where the volition has changed since it first began. Mm. Okay, so I mean, another question is whether well, really just blows them, blows your mind. Really, it's like what's on, what's beyond the leading edge of this expansion? I wonder. Did you know well, what I mean by that? Absolutely, yes, yes, of course. But that's simply because that, in exactly the same way that humans human beings in physical life or any being in physical life links everything to the border, to the fence line, to the barricade, to the extent of where your thoughts are, where your energy lies and where it stops. So it means that, of course, when you are looking at the universe and you're seeing it rushing outward, you are in fact feeling that perhaps the leading edge is looking like this or looking like that. But in actual fact, it is quite possible, and I'm, I'm not saying that definitely, because I haven't actually been personally to the leading edge of the universe at present. I have been to other universes and other dimensions of time, space and continuum and can actually uh, uh, offer the, the uh, understanding that in actual fact, where the universe is and where it isn't is not a definable state. It does not appear to be that the universe carries before it black or white or any color or any prismatic inference to do with its color generation or its heat exchange of temperature or the sheer forces involved with it as it moves through what? Through liquid? through gas, through water, through any element, known or unknown, it appears to be that the passage of what was before it became universe is extremely difficult to explain mm. and, and has no definable shape or colour. Otherwise, it would be a wasn't it or it would be an isn't it mm. and therefore would be of definable shape or colour. So that means to say that as universe expands out, there are many situations where beings on our side of life regard universe as being shapeless. Actually, see, I mean, this is just an idea, but you know, when you look at everything, everything seems to rotate around something. Like gravity seems to lock onto things. The things seem to rotate. So planets go around like a star. And then yes. the solar system goes around, like you know, the centre of a galaxy, and then yes, or even... a binary star system goes around each other. Exactly. So then, maybe does a universe then kind of orbit something else? Does it just go on and on and on, like it's infinity? I wonder. Well, that's <laughs> my point, really, my dear friend. You see, 
part of the situation is that in actual fact your universe in your present time dominion and in the current understanding of what you see and feel is actually a part of another universe okay. which is far larger so the point is that there are other universes as well that have actioned themselves at different points of time as they will continue to do so and that is my understanding of it so there isn't actually a point and time and place where there isn't so is it kind of like universes are part of a multiverse so you have another yes. container of universes not really a container because once again it denotes that there must be a barrier of when it is and when it is not yeah how do, you, how do you define that in words though that's what i'm trying to yes absolutely quite so words are so inadequate english especially uh so it means to say then that when we are looking at the well of uh what you have you could say that you have a bucket of water and every single cell structure within that bucket of water whether it is part of the water a part of the hydrogen or part of something else that exists within it you could say that each single cell is like another universe mm. yet the bucket of water actually doesn't have a containment within itself because that also is another universe it's it's an interesting topic um you know, within the spiritual movement, when you read uh, stuff written by Hindus or Buddhism, um, you know, they describe the universe as infinite and all different dimensions and stuff like that. And it's kind of always been there in the esoteric kind of understanding. But, you know, recently, mainstream physics, theoretical physics, is actually yeah. confirming a lot of the spiritual beliefs, although they won't actually come out and admit it straight away. No, but, they're, they're, but they're kind of getting there through mathematics and quantum physics yes, and um, which is you know, really really good so does the universe just keep on expanding or does it get to a point where it just lose it just burns where itself it out again it implodes again i I'm, no i'm sorry my dear friend i was simply just finishing off your sentence oh, sorry I, uh, I didn't hear what you said i was simply finishing off your sentence okay so does it keep expanding inadvertently so uh, what I'm saying here is that uh, the universe continues to expand and then it stops expanding and then it moves in a state of uh, stillness. So that means to say moves in a state of stillness is like a, 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 an oxymoron. It, it, and in actual fact, when I say moves, it doesn't move in relation to uh, one another except to itself. So it's like as though you would still have then, for example, the situation of the planets of the, uh, like the Earth moving around Sol, the Sun, and that you would still contain with that, would still be a part of it for millions and millions of more years. So it means to say that is not something which will stop simply because the universe stops moving and separating out from itself. The fact that you may then begin to engage with other universe which are also moving uh, simply because their, um, their actual frame of vibration index may well slow sufficiently for it to become interactive with yours may mean then 
that some of the energy overspill of that actually sets off other chain reactions within your present current universe. And that, in fact, could be something which may happen from time to time, uh, particularly, I have to say, within certain kinds of uh, situations where you have uh, pulsing stars and that kind of situation, where oftentimes what will happen is you'll have matter or antimatter reaching through from a different universe, which actually then creates different energies around the star itself. Sure. Okay. Um, this is another quite deep thing, but you know we we've got um, a show on Earth called Star Trek. I mean, I don't watch it myself, but um, in actual fact, a lot of people think that a lot of the ideas in there are almost like what is really out there in a way, and it's kind of someone's trying to tell us through, you know, through TV that this is how the universe kind of is, if you like. Well, my dear friend, um, I understand uh, Master Rodenbury, I understand he's with us now, uh, that the situation for him was that, in actual fact, he was very far-reaching within his mind concept and within his whole um, understanding of how he observed the world in which he lived. And quite simply, what he was observing through the films that he created and through the storylines that he created was simply a part of the truth of how the universe exists and the fact that human beings exist in one little part of it does not mean to say that it denies the, the use of life or the productivity of life in many other parts of it and naturally so he was quite correct in that respect I feel that his situation, his ideas of it being uh, very, um, um, in a sense, haphazard within how energy itself and life itself could be depicted is very real and very uh, translucent in that respect, uh, particularly with certain kinds of beings who could be the size of a whole galaxy or something like that. Yeah. So, what about the concepts of portals and, and wormholes, you know, t through different dimensions and, and, and universes? Is, is that a reality too? Well, you know, they're actually there and certain beings can actually traverse those? Yes, it is uh, actually a part of the fabric of universe. The problem that I have with the description of portals is that they're actually very rare. They're not those kinds of situations that you would have a psychic going to a house or something and saying, oh, there's a portal in this house in the far corner of uh, certain, certain rooms or whatever. It's actually not something that acts like that. And that uh, how the situation of the spirit world interacts, it doesn't mean to say that there is necessarily a portal that's been opened up in order to access it. Uh, the spirit world actually are able to interact with the physical side of life almost ad hoc. Mm. Well, can I just relay a story that I, I listened to? There's, I mean, I can't remember the, the guy's name now, but he was almost like a modern-day Indiana Jones, and he, he took a, a party of um, friends up to a mountain in, in Peru, and there was a, a very well-known well portal that was kept secret, and, and really only the indigenous people knew about it. And yes. 
he took a party there and he basically walked up to, to the rock face and there was just a very small indentation where you put your face and then while you're there you have to start humming certain vibrations or tones in yes. a certain order and yeah. then you have to set your intention and basically according to the people that were behind him they actually witnessed him fade out and he went off into another reality and you know he experienced stuff and then he came back and they see him fade back in again yes absolutely yeah i mean he sounded very sincere so absolutely and it happened Hmm. so that that is that's a natural portal on earth isn't it yes absolutely so uh there are uh, approximately 16 at this present moment so are these things set up in such a way that if your intentions are sound and good then yes. you go somewhere good. If you misuse it through bad intentions, then that's where you end up going. Kind of or thing. may not work. Right, okay. So uh, simply because you have to change your vibration in order to become a, a part, uh, in a sense, for your cells to be accepted. Yeah. Because so, get your physical being. So it really matters as to the extent of the mind, how you think and how you act whether that is something of egotism or something that is uh, uh, controlled or is it something that is genuine and heartfelt. Because the impression I got, I mean, I could be wrong, was that these were set up by almost like caretakers or guardians of the planet many, many billions of years ago. Um, Or some could say it was set up by the universe itself. I don't know, but... um, I, I, know, I just guess I'll just wonder why they're there. And, and yes, well, m- many planets, my dear friend, do have them. It's a part of the fabric of the universe, in a sense. So that's why I'm saying that they're not things that are just suddenly manifested or built by someone in order to uh, create a, a certain situation or whatever, apart from the fact that there are certain species of other beings, non-human, who are able to... Uh, move uh, various kinds of portal activity to their own devices, to their own ends. Yes, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, you know, we just obviously hope in today's world that they they, they can only be used for good, really, because uh, I guess in the wrong hands it wouldn't be a great tool to have, would it, really? Well, yes, quite so. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so just, just another question, really. Um, Sorry to our listeners, we're just getting on a really deep uh, topic tonight as well. And I've gotten to this, I want to get on to the subject of infinity as well. Now, I see a really interesting documentary again. This is on mainstream media, on, on BBC TV. So it's groundbreaking stuff, really, for the mainstream to start reporting this stuff. And, and through mathematics, they were describing that the universe has to be infinite. Yes, absolutely. Right? And they were, you know, going through the, you know, you can add up numbers. It's simple as that. Look at numbers. You add infinity, add one to it, and you just go on and on and on forever, basically. And they, they were just through mathematics alone were saying that if you've got infinity, then you could have a monkey, for instance, right? The entire works of Shakespeare, right? Not that it could, it would happen, but if you've got an infinite universe with infinite amount of time, with infinite possibilities, then in one of those universes, that monkey may well type the works of Shakespeare. (laughs) Well, absolutely. Yes. And actually do so in double quick time. Hmm. And um, more to the point, you may have some other being 
that is able to do that that actually doesn't have any kind of vocal cord at all, but actually does it through the, the, the facet of thought transference, which is actually what happens in the spirit world in the halls of learning, that when you have beings who want to read uh, a, a piece of work or something like that, it's actually sending out a thought to the, uh, when you come to the halls of information, where you are requesting your uh, the piece of work that you want to look at, or maybe you don't actually know what the piece of work is that you want to look at, but that the the being who is at the desk of the halls of information, that actually what they understand of your needs and desires and precepts are that of your thoughts being living things, they simply read them and then the book will be made ready for you. And of course, all books within the spirit world are not actually on paper, but they are created as holographic images, oftentimes with the presence of the spirit energy or the energy concerned within those pages. So for example, if it is of a whale's life or something like that, then it will be of the whale's life, of its, itself as you open the book, the whale is there before you as speaking in terms of its own self, but in a way and manner that you can understand. Indeed, indeed. I mean, the, the other thing this opens up is that it kind of gives proof to the idea that everything is already happened. Everything. Because if you've got infin infinity, then surely every possibility can happen or has happened. So, even though I'm living here right now as me, there, there must be other instances where every possibility of everything has already happened, in a sense. Does that, does that make sense? Not necessarily, no. No. <laughs> okay. What, what do you oh, mean? Sorry to disappoint you, my dear friend, uh, but my point really is that you are at this time now, this presence now, and that now is not a different when as when before. So it means to say that the now presence of you speaking to me is not something that's been repeated in other universe or in other time fields or other nows or whens or afters. It's simply, purely and simply, the fact that you bring about interest now within this moment that enables for me within the diocese of the White Cloud Group that we're all assembled here, the many thousands of us, to interact with you now, person, that we can then not disseminate as in planting flowers or seeds, but simply interact with this cohesive force, which is our friend Ian, that you sit or stand or kneel or uh, however you present yourself. It, the point is that you presently are in one position, but your present position at this time in your plane of existence is only particularly at this time in your plane of existence. It's not in some other when, apart from the fact that your spirit is within some other when, because it never actually comes into the physical life reality. Mm. So part of your tenacity in your thinking is really because your spirit is not in the physical reality. Therefore, because of the law of proximity, which governs that of physical reality, 
to vis-a-vis the uh, spirit world reality or ether dimensions, uh, dimetrics, you are looking at different realities or different whens that your spirit is actually taking up within its learning and capacity of experience. For example, your spirit is at present located very close to you, but is also having other conversations at this present moment, which then leads to the point at at what point does my spirit, when I'm having a physical earth life, completely uh, focus upon what I'm doing? Mm. You see? And, but in actual fact, it's because of the fact that of the multidimensional state of spirit means that your spirit can actually coexist within other fields of reality. That doesn't mean to say that that consciousness of your spirit is then distracted by that other reality, because in the main, your spirit will be concentrating upon your own physical life journey. I'm just saying that there is a possibility that your spirit at various times within your life can actually go off and do something completely different. Yeah. That doesn't mean to say that you're vacated with your spirit because your spirit is always joined by your etheric bead through the solar plexus. Sure. So, you know, what about the concept of that there is no past and future and that everything is now and that 10 minutes ago isn't the past, it's just another now that's still there but it um, was then. So it wasn't then, you say. But it was then. And there are many beings on our side of life uh, over the many uh, millions of years in which, for example, human beings have existed, 5.3 million years at present. That means to say that all of those beings within their different time fields of past, that means that within their presence now, they are not still dwelling in that time field necessarily. They may have moved on from it. Or, however, it may be that they are still present within that time field. That doesn't mean to say necessarily that they will be understanding or au fait with your present time field. Oftentimes, beings from different time fields don't interact. And it's oftentimes part of the reason why you have situations within the physical side of life whereby you have interactivity with the spirit world, but actually they don't interact with you. They just interact with themselves or with one another from that certain time period. It's simply because they're not of the same vibration. That doesn't mean to say they're lower or lesser. It means to say they're of a different vibration because their time sequence of conscious reality sets them up so that it was actually of a different vibration to yours. So this means to say that when you are looking at individuals and their concept of time, your concept of reality within the laws of of proximity mean that you are unable to validate that time when you look backwards into the past. Purely and simply because it is of a different vibration to you, the time ordination of it created that time sequence and also the vibration that was set. That doesn't mean to say the spirit of that vibration has not then able to change. It can change purely and simply by the creation of love and its continual process of spirit utilizing uh, the uh, all that there is to utilize to it. So it means that all beings can progress. Progression is open to all. 
Okay. All right. Well, we'll draw a line under that topic for now. We're just going to move on to something else now. Um, and this is kind of just around the concept of like conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah. Quite a lot of the stuff that we've covered in uh, the previous shows may border on that. Um, certainly, sort of speculating or talking about things that are not in the mainstream that you know, revealing things that are not always nice to hear. Um, but yeah. on the on the internet, it's obviously a lot of what we call viral spreading of conspiracy theories and you know when you go through a kind of a spiritual awakening you kind of I don't know you're kind of like a sponge you just want to read everything and try and understand what's really really going on and you know with a lot of it there's obviously a lot of truth in it and other stuff is probably disinformation misinformation but you know you kind of have to get to a point where you read it and you try not to let it affect you and you try and discern and see what's right um, and then if something isn't right, then you want to try and do something about it in the best way you can. You know, obviously, I, I do it through spiritual activism by joining sites and, and writing yeah. to people. Um, but I guess the, the question I want, to, I want to ask on this is that there is a lot of stuff out there that puts fear in people. And I'll, and I'll, I'll give you some examples. Yeah. Um, you know, on the Internet, there's lots of things that say that there could be a nuclear exchange you know there seems to be the setting up of world war three and secret governments are trying to orchestrate this and um you know there could be a a planet x or nibiru coming in that's gonna cause us to i don't know have crash into us or cause major earthquakes or a pole shift or um a whole number of really nasty things another one is that um there could be a massive geophysical event in the next years or you know or imminently that could shift the crust of the earth 30 degrees and stuff like this and you, you kind of think you know is it is it healthy getting into this stuff I and mean, where, where do you draw the line really i guess seeking what's right and what's wrong yes it is very difficult my dear friend it, uh, when i was on the physical side of life we didn't even have a telephone uh, the the only way of communication was actually to walk to the next village or if you were lucky enough to have a horse to ride there. Uh, so it's it, it simply, I understand that at this moment in time, you have so much information, you don't know what to do with it. And it's very difficult for human beings from our perspective to see how to sift through all of the flotsam that you have which are smoke screens put up in order to evade the truth. So it means to say that within many conspiracy theories, there exist grains of truth. That's first the, the first point that I have to make here, that when you are looking at what situations are created by governments in the leading states of their power, you have to understand that there is a part of it which by its own definition of secrecy means that there are situations being done, so say on your behalf, which are unkind, unjust, completely contrary to your thoughts and completely contrary to how you yourself would act. That brings into question then the whole situation canopy, if you like, of how different governments work with one another in order to bring about uh, conflict, which has happened 
ever since human beings evolved into an understanding well enough to wish for the annihilation of their neighbor. This simply means a factor of power brought into human destiny. When you are looking at these matters as a human being, as a sensitive, which you are, that means to say that oftentimes these conditions are, well, you would think that you really would want to move away from that by now, and the whole condition of it, you are living in the year 2010, that you would think that the world too would actually want to wake up and understand something different. The point I have to make here, dear friend Ian, is that with the best will of it, what you can do is do your very best. What each and every one of you can do is to understand that there are most definitely many people who speak on your behalf with words you would not utter, with thoughts you would not bear within your own creative expanse. There are thoughts and actions which others will make and say they are for your destiny, whereby you would never put your signature to them. These are matters of power that human beings take upon themselves in order to create distrust, fear, and uh, also great apprehension that creates, in a sense, of worthlessness and also a sense of not actually being the master of your own destiny. So, my friend, what you have to do is to do what you can in order to bring about the real understanding of what truth is, but also be aware that there will constantly be many who will try to undermine everything that you touch. Sure. That doesn't mean to say, oh, well, I must give up then. Simply put, my dear friend, there are many, many beings now being born who are awake. That means to say they strive for answers. It means to say that they too will succumb from time to time to these needless bashings of uh, uh, heads against the wall of life so that you and they will succumb at times to great emotional depravity purely and simply because of the will of it, the very audacity that some people have to do something in your name and call it what it is, when in fact you have never put your signature to it, never agreed to it. This will always be the case within human destiny. We have seen it for thousands of years of human history, how human beings fight amongst themselves with one another, with animals, with plants, with their planet. How we can move beyond this is by informing everyone that we can. And how we move beyond this is to make it so that the will of the few that have power becomes undermined further so as to decrease that power and uh, 
then caustic effects upon one another. You might be able to help out this one as well, is that um, there seems to be theories that there would never be a nuclear exchange ever again and that there are beings that are actively um, taking down or disarming nuclear weapons so we don't need to worry about nuclear war but then there does seem to be other theories coming through that in fact there could be and that they're trying to create the Iran situation into a nuclear conflict so you know people feel on one sort of side of it they feel like we don't need to do anything this is just fear-mongering so we can just sit back on the other part of it it's if we focus on it then it will happen the, you know this, this the whole yes is, when when you wake up as a you know as a spiritual person you you go through all that kind of stuff you go through all the conspiracy theories become angry you want to you want to help but then you get through the other side of it and a lot of stuff doesn't happen and then you kind of, it's like a cry wolf situation and then you kind of disregard yes, yes. it yes quite so uh, however there is always going to be the danger particularly i have to say within certain activities of certain tribes whereby what their whole situation is, is to bring about the truth of one book or another. Yes, and so they will do everything that they can in order to prove it there. You see, I told you this book of mine was right, be it the Bible or the Quran or whatever it is. So there will always be people who will try to push the point, their own agenda, and therefore, uh, in a sense, create the sanctuary of life that they follow as their belief. Remember, friends, yeah. belief is a thought which is not yet full of truth. Belief is not truth. Belief is when you say you believe in this, but actually there are many, many different gray areas where perhaps you don't believe all of it necessarily. And that perhaps with some parts of it, you only believe uh, perhaps 4% or 10%. So it means to say that when you talk about belief, you are in a sense of unworthiness. Because really, you either have knowledge of the possession of knowledge, or you have no knowledge or you wonder, you are open book. Perhaps it may mean then that within the best will of it, love being provided in the right time, in the right essence of change, we can move beyond the preconceptions that people carry their faith with, that people carry their beliefs into, insisting that they are truths, when in fact they are unfounded and not yet written. So it means, dear friend, that when you are in fear or when fear is created around circumstances belonging to one bomb or another, it means that purely and simply the whole reason of why one bomb was created in the first place, in the first instance, was to explode it, to see what happened, and then to use it as a form of weaponry. So there we have power in its, in, in its infancy as well as in the completion of it. The very fact that human beings have this weapon 
means they want to use it and have the power to use it. Regardless of how other human beings want to draw attention to that or not. Sure. I mean, sort of taking away the kind of the spiritual aspect of the spirit um, sort of guiding the body or the ego kind of thing, it, it does seem that the the human sapien, the homo sapien sapien, if you like, is kind of set up in such a way to be this way. It's like programmed to control and dominate. And we have to, as spiritual people or spiritual beings guiding these vehicles, we have to try and overcome those urges of the actual physical body. <laughs> yes, in actual fact, because part of this, my dear friend, uh, really has to do with history. You look into the annals of history and see how people have gained their power, have gained their uh, uh, manipulation over other people. That means that it's something that actually works and attracts other people to that cause and event. So, oh yes, I can do, I can see that history has done this and that person had a great deal of power and power over other people's lives and uh, abilities to change other people's lives. How much power does one person want? As much as they can conceive of. So, purely and simply, we can see that Within, within all of the annals of history, human beings haven't actually changed that much, which is really why I have always maintained that throughout the whole history of humanity, through its evolution, human beings haven't actually changed that much. Yes, there are cells of people, and because there are so many human beings presently living upon the planet, it means that the cells are quite large of people who do not think in that way, who wish to diminish the, their power and spread it about so that it's more loving, so that it's more inclusive. And surely that is a better thing to do. But when you are looking at the ratio of how many people are doing that as to how many people want to create fear or loathing or judgment or power over others, the ratio is fairly similar to how it was back in 1039. Mm. That doesn't mean to say that I want people to give up. It means to say human beings have to work harder. You have the time, the technology, the tools with which to do this. Therefore, you can actually change now the seed of what happened in 1039 and the disparity between people's lives, the loathing, the absolute poverty that people lived in as now the absolute poverty that people still live in. You can change all of that with just the flick of a button, with just saying, yes, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there does seem to be evidence, even in the mainstream media, that some of these power things are breaking down because people that hold, the very powerful people involved in money, they seem to be at the, I don't know, they've been investigated by other groups and... I don't know. Things do seem to be happening. And I oh, think there's, there's a lot of good people in the right places that are pushing for beneficial change. Absolutely so. This is why I'm saying, my dear friend, we have to in invoke you to move in the favour of this because you have every element in your favour. You have media, you have interaction, communication has never been better than this time at this moment now. So that means to say you need to move it, change it, make it into not how you see as a, 
uh, as a blinkered opportunist or as a being who is socially inadequate and that you only think of yourself, but actually as a being who is uncompromisingly embracing the entire planet and wanting all human beings to move in progression, to forgive, to move forward beyond the poverty of the mind. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Right. I mean, I just want to move on to something else now, because um, obviously went right down there in the, you know, <laughs> fear-based stuff, and I just really just wanted to cover that off because, um, you know, there's a lot in in the spiritual movement. There's a lot of people into conspiracy theories. I've certainly researched them. I've, I've looked into them. We've kind of covered a lot of stuff on that as well, and just yeah. really wanted to, I guess, help people understand the best way to look at it. Really, um, you know, because it is a kind of balancing the both, isn't it? Um, yes, and it isn't really that I'm saying, dear friend, that you have to ignore all of it uh, or anything like that. You need to know what's going on, especially with such things as uh, genetically modified crops. Not all of them are bad, uh, but the ones that are are the ones where they are manipulating diseases and actually where they take far more fertilizers and far more uh, caustic substances to keep them alive. So that's obviously something which negates from the planet's survival and ability of health. That's how you need to approach, every one of you needs to approach yourselves. Okay. Well, just one last question before we go. Um, yes. And this is probably one of the most asked questions um, on the forum we have on, on the internet. And, um, and basically it's meeting your guide a lot of people just want to know who their guide is how they can meet their guide now obviously there's some people that are just extremely fortunate and they just they can see their guide they know their name is they appear in front of them others they don't have that connection and I guess does it really matter does it you know is there a reason why some can do it and one and some can't Yes, my guide's a high priestess and the other one is simply a woodcutter. So my point really is the situation that comes to mind. What guide is it that you seek? Is it the person, the genuine person who actually walks with you? Or is it that you seek some other personality so that you can feel better about yourself or so that you can feel that you are in somehow or way, shape or form that you can move beyond this present physical life and learn something different, something new, doesn't necessarily mean something better. Mm. What you have to do as a human physical being is to accept something that's different. That is, by way of a simple meditation, that is not to mean that you configure something. The problem with human beings is you all have preconceptions about what you think you should have or what is owed to you by the spirit world or uh, worse, uh, what is uh, the possibility of how many different energies could come and work with you. The point I have to make here is with simple meditation of not asking for this or that. What you should be doing is just learning to be at peace with yourself, with your own being. It is not for you, for everyone, to ask and want to know, who is my spirit guide? Wrong question. Better question would be, 
how can I find myself? Find yourself through absolute peace, through becoming still and at one with yourself, and you will then enable with that peace a platform that will allow others from the spirit world, those who walk with you, to be with you, to visit with you. If you put something of your own mind into it, it means it's your mind and not somebody else. If you develop a simple, tolerant message of peace for yourself, that means that you stop being antagonistic. It means that you actually lessen your energy so of what you are thinking. Purely and simply, all that you do is you say within your invocation, I would like to be at peace. And then eventually, through that peace you create, will come the person who walks with you. That's the first step. Does it really matter whether the person who walks with you is a Roman soldier or a person who was some cursed monk or someone who just simply had a physical life once. No, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you know their name or not. What matters to you and what matters to everyone is that you are at one with the universe, with yourself, that you find happiness and absolute peace. Find absolute peace within yourself is the greatest tool you can create that will enable you to make communication with those who walk with you. And that doesn't mean it's an active role, it's a passive role. I know it can be difficult. Peace is always difficult. Okay, well that's a wonderful answer to that question. Um, I thank you again, Gregory. I think we'll wrap it up now. Absolutely so, my dear friend. I thank you so much, dear friend. From the bottom of my boots to my absolute extremities of my fingertips, even those parts that are no longer present within me, I thank you so for all of my energy. For those of the White Cloud Group, I thank you all, the many thousands who are here. I thank you so, beloved friends. May our energy join together in the loving vibration of oneness. May we all be blessed within our journey of light. Thank you so. Thank you. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.